glad you guys are here today on this 10-year. We are kicking off an all-new series, and we're just calling it The Ten. And in this series, we're going to be looking at the house that God is wanting us to build here at Project Church. So our vision statement here is Project Church exists to lead all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. And so this first week, I want to talk to you about a house of life. That's what we want to be as a church, a house of life where life is found. So I want to read from John chapter 14. It will be on the screen for you behind me. Jesus is speaking. This is actually his final teaching to the disciples. They have just had the Last Supper. They've partaken and he actually said, one of you is going to betray me and then points out that it will be Judas. He follows that up by telling Peter, uh, Peter, you're going to deny me. You're going to de deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Peter says, no, Lord, I won't. And then he goes on from that statement saying, you're going to deny me to this in chapter 14. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. A house of life. A house of life. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to us from your word. God, your final words, these important words that you gave to the disciples, I pray that you would challenge us that we would be a people that build. Lord, we build the house. And Lord, that this would be a place of life. God, a, a place of life for all people. That we would lead all people to life and freedom in you. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen, amen. How we doing, church? You good? 10 years, celebration. Uh, we got some baptisms here at the end today. We're gonna celebrate life in Jesus. But I was thinking about, man, how much I love traveling. You guys like to travel? Anybody like to travel in here? We got any travel people? You know, as a pastor, I get to travel a decent amount. I, I'm on quite a few planes every year. Um, traveling from time to time, and I have flown southwest typically. I may be changing that with everything that's been going on, but uh, typically flown southwest, but it's something interesting about traveling, even when I go to great places. I mean, I've been to some beautiful places, but even when I go to these amazing places, within a few days, I'm ready to go home. I don't know if you're like me, but I, I think I'm a, a bit of a homebody, like down in my core, like, I'll be in Hawaii, and after four or five days, I'm like, I'm ready. This is great and all, but there's no place like home. And it's true. There's no place like home. You know, and, and, and in the years of traveling and being places, I've realized that more and more, that, you know, my wife and I have built a home, and there's something just so comforting. There's something just so beautiful. There's something just so special about 
being home. And I was thinking about that in this series where we're talking about what kind of house we want to build. This week, we're going to talk about a house of life. Next week, we're going to talk about a house of freedom, life and freedom. And then the third week, it says Project Church exists to lead all people, a house of unity. And so we're going to talk about what to build, but I, I, I really feel this text is so appropriate for us today as I talk to you about building and building a house and building a house of life. Just the example that Jesus set for us because he also went to prepare a place for you, to prepare a place for us. You know, I've realized even as much as I love my home and as much as I say there's no place like home, that even with my home, on this earth, it feels like there's something missing. Like it's just not, not everything has come to completion. Like there's something lacking. And I think we all can relate to this because at the end of the day, we were created for a different place than this earth. We were created for a place called eternity. And that's what Jesus is saying here. I'm going to prepare a place for you. C.S. Lewis said something interesting. He said this, if we find it ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And this rings true for every one of us. And it rings true for those who don't know Jesus. Because we see in this world every day people trying to fill the void with things, with activities, with dreams, with building, with businesses, with hobbies, uh, pursuing passions, with people, with relationships. We see that we all are longing to fill something that nothing in this world can satisfy. Nothing. Can I tell you why? Because you were made for another world. But here's the thing about the house of God. That on this 10-year anniversary, I get to talk to you about us building it. Is that we actually are bringing heaven to earth. That we are actually bringing the kingdom of God and building the kingdom of God through the church. And so what we do here matters. What this church embodies matters. A house, a, a, a place, a house of life, a house of freedom, a house that is centered on the person of Jesus, it matters. Why? Because we are creating a place and a space for people to encounter the only one that can satisfy the only one that can fill the void in our lives, and his name is Jesus. And if you came here today and you've been looking for something to fill that void, I want to tell you right now, you've come to the right place because I'm telling you his name is Jesus, and he's the one, he's the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And that's what he declared here. This is Jesus' final address, his final prayer to the disciples was that they would be united in love. And Christy's gonna speak about this and we're gonna talk about this in a couple weeks on unity. But this word of home here or the word translated mansion 
is the Greek word, which when we translate it, a, a better definition would be an abiding place. What we want to do in this church is build something, an abiding place, a place of rest, a place of comfort, a place of healing, a place of spiritual growth. We want to create a house that brings life into the hearts of people. Here's what I believe. If you build the church, God will build your life. And I know you're out there going, well, Caleb, that's your job to build the church. You're the pastor. That's the pastoral staff's job to build the church. That's, their, that's the really spiritual people, the people that have been saved for years and, and they follow all the religious rules. I need to encourage you today that this is all of our jobs. That God has given us a mission, a purpose on this earth to build his church. Now, Jesus said, I will build my church. But he said, on Peter, the rock, I will build my church. So he builds the church, but he does it through us. He said, you're my hands and feet. And here's what I want to impress upon you today. God chose you, picked you, anointed you, gave you the talents, the abilities, the skills, the dreams, the vision for a time such as this. He chose you to be on this earth at this specific time because you had something that he wants to use to bring life, freedom, hope to a world that is looking, searching, desperate, and doesn't know how to fill that void. And so it is all of us that are called to build this home, to build this house. And I believe that God is raising up a generation and he's raising up a church here at Project Church that will step into the call to build something that is more than themselves, to build something that actually brings heaven to earth. And the people that are longing and looking and searching and filling the emptiness in their hearts and their lives with all the other stuff. We have the answer, but it's going to take all of us. And so today I'm going to ask you to build. I'm going to ask you to build with me. What are we building today? We're talking about building a house of life. You see, a house of life is fearless. Everybody say fearless. What does Jesus say to the disciples? Right after he tells them, Judas is going to betray me. He says, Peter, you're going to betray me. You're going to deny me. He actually says to them, I'm going to die. And they're all feeling very discouraged. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. I felt like today with everything going on in this earth, Everything going on in our culture, everything around us, there's this mindset, this perspective, even in the church, and I hear it a lot, the language is very negative. The language is very fearful. The language is very much like things are getting worse, things are getting bad, look where we're going, look at society, look at culture, look, 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 it's only going downward, down, 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 it's worse, 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 and there's this fearful perspective that the church is proliferating. You want to know why? Because fear sells. 
It's why media and what you see on television is fear-based. Every news station is selling you fear. But God's people are not a people of fear. We're a people of faith. What God said, what Jesus said, don't be troubled. Just believe in God. I believe that God is looking for us to step up and let our faith rise and say, I see everything going on in this world. You know what that means? That means I have an opportunity. I have an opportunity to be what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, which is light in the darkness, which is salt in a world that is looking for seasoning. I have an opportunity to be what this world is looking for. Why? They're longing. They're looking. They're searching. And we have the answer. You see, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And God wants to prepare us, not just for the heaven that we're going to, but for the heaven that we're meant to bring right now. That's why Jesus said, here's how you should pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean? It means you and I are kingdom and heaven bringers. We carry it with us every single day. So why are we troubled? Why are we fearful? Why are we worried about what we're seeing in culture? This is the greatest opportunity that we've ever had in mankind's history. You have more access to the word of God, the things of God, and to push the message of God to this world than ever before. And yet we're fearful, we're troubled, we're discouraged. You see, the world is not our home. You know that, right? We're in it, we're not of it. The world is not our home, but you know what it is? It is our calling. You're in it, you're not of it. You're in it because you're called to it. You're in it, and so you can't be troubled like the rest of the world. You must bring the hope that this world is looking for. We can't just see sin problems. We have to see social problems. I think for too long, the church is just like, look at them. Look how jacked up this world is. We just got to wall ourselves in, box ourselves off, a remnant, a set-apart people. We got to make sure they don't taint us. We got to push back. We got to separate ourselves. I believe that God wanted to declare something over this church right now, that we have church in this building, but we are this church when we leave the building. Can I declare something that in 2023, it's going to be the year the Project Church says the church has left the building. We are not just the church here on Sundays. We're the church Mondays through Saturdays, wherever we go. Why? Because I carry heaven. I'm a kingdom carrier. I'm a heaven bringer on earth as it is in heaven, in Sacramento as it is in heaven. The church needs to leave the building, but we need to leave the building with faith, not fear. So when you leave here today, I pray that your faith has risen and that you go out there and you hear all the, the naysayers and the negativity and the fearful and, 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 and the believers who aren't believing that God can still use us and say, no, 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 I'm full of the Spirit of God. I'm full of faith. What do I have to fear? A house of life is an abiding place. I said it earlier that if you translate the word mansion when Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you in my Father's house are many rooms. So this word house, which we translate as mansion, um, is this word 
or, or this translation of an abiding place. You see, a house of life is an abiding place. What does that mean? It means it's a place of rest. It means it's a place of spiritual nourishment. It means it's a place where people come and get filled up because they go to courses, because they go to community groups, because they come in and faith rises in the room and they leave and go out from this place after abiding in the presence of God and learning about the spirit of God and then they take that out wherever they go. A house of life is an abiding place. And here's what I felt impressed to encourage you with today is that some of you have not prioritized the house of God. And this has become more infrequent than it is frequent. This has become irregular more than it's regular. Now, I'm not saying this because I want butts in the seats, which is great. This is a great day. Look at all y'all. I mean, this service has been pretty full as of late. But I want to say the reason I impress this on you and encourage you with this is because when you learn to be in his presence and the house becomes an abiding place, you can't help but be full of his presence when you go out from this place. And the reason we're struggling is because we're not full of him. We're full of ourselves. We're full of our ideas, our thoughts, our dreams. But we're not full of him. May this be an abiding place. That's what a house of life is. It's an abiding place. May we learn to abide as we continue to grow in our heart of prayer at this church. We're launching more and more prayer opportunities here in the church. Why? Because we want this to be an abiding place where the presence of God, the spirit of God is filling us up. There are rooms in heaven. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a room for you, a place for you. But the church is how he builds us here. May we learn to abide in this place. A house of life is committed to the process. We've said it from the beginning. Project Church is a place for people in progress. We're all a work in progress. I don't see any perfect people in here. We aren't perfect people. But how many know it takes time to build the house? Just as Jesus went to prepare the house for us. What did he say? I, went, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you know preparation takes time? He's preparing for us a house, a room, a mansion, a place for us. And in that preparation process, he's doing something in us right now. In the same way, this church is a, in a process. But we're committed to the process. I have to tell you something. I've failed a whole lot of times in leading this church. I know you're shocked. <laughs> but Caleb, how could you? You're the pastor. You want to know why? Because I'm human. And I'm broken. And I'm sinful. And I'm prideful. And I'm selfish. And I've failed. And we failed, Chrissy's failed, our team's failed, but you know what we're committed to? The process. Where I say, God, I fell down. But what does the Bible say? A righteous man falls down seven times, but he gets back up again and he keeps going by faith. And so today I want to tell you, you've fallen. 
You've messed up. Some of you got sin a hold of you right now. You're in bondage. Can I tell you, you're still a work in progress. God's not done with you yet. Just because you're, bond, you're in bondage right now doesn't mean you can't be free tomorrow. God can do a work in you that only he could set you free from. And today you need to say, God, I'm committed to the process. How many know a process doesn't happen overnight? It takes time. Ten years in as a church, and we're still figuring things out. Ten years in, we're still getting better at loving our city, at helping people in our own congregation who need help, of being better stewards spiritually of the people that God has given us. It takes time. And I want to tell you that God is building this church because he said, I will build my church. But we got to be committed to the process. Ten years. I can't believe it. it. Went by so fast. I got much more gray hair. Can't jump as high. Not as athletic. My golf game has gotten better, praise God, in ten years. Yes, Lord, single-digit handicap now in Jesus' name. But you know, there's some dangers of being 10. There's some dangers. You know the dangers of being 10? Let me tell you, it's just some dangers of doing something for a long time. You get comfortable. You turn 10, wow, we made it. We're 10 years old. We have our own building. We're planted. We're here to stay. You can get comfortable. I believe God is calling us out of comfortability He's calling us to a place of desperation as a church. Will you stay desperate for me? You know what we can lose? We can lose our hunger. That's what getting comfortable does. We're not hungry to see God move. We're not hungry for more of his presence. We can lose our creativity because we just start going, just go through the most. It's another Sunday, another week. Just get it done. Check it off the list. No, no, no. God, give us fresh creativity in this house. Fresh creative opportunities to bless and to move and to minister to the people of this city. You know what we can lose? We can lose the danger. We can lose the reason why we started in the first place. Which is why we always bring up the vision statement. To lead all people to find life and freedom in Jesus. Because Jesus sets people free. Jesus gives people life. We cannot lose the main thing. It's not to fill seats. It's not to say we got a great building. It's to point people to Jesus so people are changed. And they can go out and change others. He changes them, but he uses you. Disciples. Making disciples. We can lose that giddy feeling. I still wake up every Sunday morning. Christy and I both, we can't sleep Saturdays as well. Sunday mornings wake up before my alarm goes off. Like this morning, it was like 4.30, right Christy? That giddy feeling's still there. You wanna know why? Because I just believe that much that God's gonna do something in this house. And so it's butterflies, but it's butterflies of excitement that God has been doing this for 10 years, but he's just getting started. There are more lives to be changed. There are more marriages to be restored. There are more miracles to be released. There are more lives to be set free. But we not lose that giddy feeling. I'm not talking about the gritty. I talk about that giddy. God, you're going to do something in this house. A house of life. I got to move. 
quicker. It's for all people. Everybody say all people. Project Church exists to lead all people. Not some people. Not those people. Not you people. All people to find life and freedom in Jesus. Jesus said he's going to prepare a place for us. I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and take you out of my house. And he says this, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you I go to prepare a place for you. You know what I love about the church of Jesus Christ? It's diverse. It's for all people. And there are probably going to be people in heaven that you would not have expected to be there. You want to know why? Because he's building a room for all people. He loves all people. And he's calling us to all people. I love the diversity of this house. God has continued to make us more and more diverse through the years. And I believe he, he's planted us here in the heart of the city to look like heaven. But can I tell you that diversity is difficult because there's different perspectives, backgrounds, upbringings, races, political affiliations. And yet God says, I'm for all people. This must be a place of belonging, a place, a house of life has to be a place of belonging. It's inclusive. It loves people right where they are, even in their mess. Now, what I love about God is he calls us just as we are, but doesn't leave us as we are. And so those of you that have been coming here and your life looks the same, I want to challenge you. It's time to change. God loves you. He's called you here. You're, you're home here. But he wants you to live a life aligned with his word. Yet the heart of the church must be, we are for all people. Thomas, verse 5, doubting Thomas. You guys love Thomas. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How could we? How can we know the way? Here's what I want to tell you. There are people in your life that will doubt you, hate you, mock you, make fun of you because of your faith. And I know you've experienced it. You've experienced it with family members. You've experienced it with friends. You've experienced it with people in your life. But I want to tell you, we cannot live our life for the praise, the adoration of man. We live our lives in a way that loves all people, even those who would mock us and doubt us like Thomas. And so today I felt like God wanted to tell someone in this place, it's time for you to pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemy. If they ask you for your shirt, give them your coat also. They ask you to go one mile, is what Jesus says, go two miles. Why? Because that's the heart of God for all people. You see, God is calling people to life in this house. I want you to watch the story of a young guy in our church who found life in Jesus right here in the last year. Watch this. My name is Kyle, and I've been going to uh, Project Church for less than a year. So my story is, is that I've actually never even been to church before. Growing up, I always believed in a God, 
but I never knew of what God to believe in because growing up I had so many different friends who had so many different religions. My good friend Stephanie, she was the one that actually brought me into the church. She was like, Kyle, you gotta come to church. Come on, come on. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, that's not really my thing. I didn't grow up like that. Then I ended up loving it. Every year, me and my uh, two of my best girlfriends, we actually go to uh, Washington to go visit my buddy Noah. We did so much. We were drinking all the time, smoking all the time, doing all this. And then, I don't know, man, I was just like, it's just something just didn't feel right. On like the way home, like after smoking and doing all that for seven days, um, it made me realize, I was like, I really need to change. Right when I got home, I read my freaking Bible, and then that, that, that's when I was like, I think it's time to, to start giving up everything. And then ever since, I quit doing marijuana. I don't drink alcohol as much anymore. I stopped doing cocaine. Ever since I was 18 until probably the day that I came to church, I couldn't go 24 hours sober. And then now, ever since I started coming to church, I'm like sober like pretty much all the time now. I'm still working on uh, probably I would say trying to get baptized. I don't know when uh, I want to do that yet, but I definitely want to do that in the near future. It's for all people. I still remember the last year when Kyle came for the first time and after the service I met him. He's like, I've never been to church in my life. This is my first time ever. He was like, it was cool. I learned something. And every week for about four or five months, he would tell me after, it was cool. I learned something. He just told me the same thing over and over. And I just knew it's just a matter of time. And then one day, five months in, he came to me and said, Caleb, I did it. I gave my life to Jesus. And it was just a testament to me of a God that is patient with people that loves people, and is for all people. The keys will come back. A house of life is centered on Jesus. This is what we're building. A house that is centered on the person of Jesus. Why? It's a place of belief, but it's belief in one person. What did Jesus say? He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hear me, church. There's one way, and his name is Jesus. There's not many ways. There's not many roads. There's not different roads. And I know we're living a very spiritual day, and some of y'all are playing around with things you don't need to be playing around with spiritually. Let me tell you, there's one way. His name is Jesus. You need to put all that other stuff away. The tarot cards, the readings, the the divination, the Ouija boards, whatever y'all are messing around with, put it away. Because there's only one way. And his name is Jesus. This house, the house we are building, will always be centered on Jesus. Why? Because he's the way home. That's what he said here. You want to know the way to the Father? It's through me. Here's what people are looking for. They're looking for a home. They don't feel home anywhere. You've had it at times in your life. You don't feel home no matter where you go. You don't feel home. Maybe you've been looking for a church for years. You don't feel home. I want to tell you right now, there's one way to feel home, and it's through the person of Jesus. He leads us home. And you could try to fill the void in your life with all the other stuff, but it will always leave you wanting. Just as C.S. Lewis said, if I find in myself a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. 
Nothing will satisfy but him. No one, no relationship can satisfy but him. No amount of affirmation from man will ever satisfy like him. It's only through Jesus. And can I tell you about Jesus? Jesus has a love that never settles. Somebody needs to hear this and receive this today in this place. He won't let you settle for less than his best for you. And here's what I mean. He's working on you. And some of you have settled for the marriage that you have. It's always going to be like this. Some of you have settled for the sin that you're in bondage to. I'm never going to have victory. Some of you have settled for feeling purposeless in your life. I'm never going to have purpose. Some of you have settled for the fear and the anxiety and the stress that you carry around all the time. Here's what God wanted to say to you today. Love never settles. The love of Jesus is still real rebuilding you. The love of Jesus is still resurrecting you. The love of Jesus is still restoring you. And today he wanted to say, my love won't settle, so you need to stop settling. Don't settle for less than his best. And the only way to step in to the fullness of his best for your life is when you're planted in him. When you say, he's my way, he's my truth, he's my life, nothing else will ever satisfy see the scriptures they tell us Jesus said it he said my yoke is easy and my burden is light and what I've seen in this church is I've seen a, a, a body of believers Christians that feel like the the weight of following Jesus is too much I just can't be good enough I can't break out of this sin I can't truly live for him. I can't read my Bible. I can't pray. I can't be a good husband. I can't be a good father. I, I can't, I can't. And what I see is Christians all the time that are dealing with the weight of following Jesus as if it's heavy and hard. And I felt like Jesus wanted me to tell someone in this place, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Following Jesus will always be hard if you do it in your strength. Following Jesus and living the right life, the righteous life, the God-fearing life will always be difficult if you're trying to do it in your ability. But when you recognize that it's not about me, in fact, in my weakness, that's when he is made strong. I'm going to rely and I'm going to rest in the power of his might on my life. You have to switch your thinking from this weighty thing of following Jesus to, wow, it's the lightest thing because he takes my sin. He takes my burden. He carried it all to the cross. I don't have to carry this weight any longer. He does it for me. That's what being centered on Jesus looks like. And finally, house of life is in deep relationship with the Father. We need an epiphany in the church. You know what an epiphany is, right? This sudden mindset shift, this sudden idea, this sudden realization. What does Jesus say? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Watch this. Verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him 
and have seen him. You see, here's what I've found. A lot of people in the church were cool with Jesus. Oh, I rock with Jesus. His teachings, his love, his wisdom, his sacrifice on the cross. Like, yeah, I'm down with Jesus. But God the Father, the Old Testament God, nah, can't rock with him. He's too harsh. He's too vengeful. He's too cruel. There's too much judgment. And so we have a generation of Christians who've embraced Jesus as their Savior, but they have not allowed God to become their Lord. And today, I felt like God wanted to, to show you and to send me to tell you that you need a deep relationship with the Father. How do you have a deep relationship with the Father when you begin to recognize that Jesus is the heart of the Father? That's what he says here. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. How have we seen the heart of the Father and the love of the Father and who the Father is? Because we saw Jesus and they are one, the three in one. And so here's what God wanted to say to us today. There is a generation of fatherless people that cannot embrace their inheritance as sons and daughters. And today in this place, if we are going to build the house, if we are going to build a house of life, we must step into our God-given place as sons and daughters of the Father. Sons and daughters that have the inheritance of a king. You have an inheritance, not of, of, of a peasant. You have the inheritance of a king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And so today in this place, I declare son, 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 daughter, 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 daughter. Today we must embrace our role in our place as sons and daughters so that when we bring people into this house, they find life in Jesus and the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And they say, I'm not just saved. I'm a son. I'm not just saved. I'm a daughter. I've been given a, a heavenly inheritance. I carry the kingdom. I carry the light. I'm a salt bringer. That's what God needs. That's what he's looking for. And today in this place, somebody needs to shift into a place of allowing God to be their father. I know you've embraced Jesus as savior, but have you embraced God as father? Jesus said, you know him because you know me. That's the heart of our father that he came and gave his life so you could have a life and be free would you bow your heads with me across this room you're here you say Caleb honestly I don't have a relationship with Jesus I've never invited him to be my savior I haven't embraced my role as son or daughter
And today I need to commit my heart fully to Jesus, the Savior, the Lord. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now. Maybe for the first time, maybe you need to rededicate your life. Go, go, go. Yes, 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 yes. Hands going up. I see those in the back. Yes, yes, yes. Come on. Yes, I see that on the left. Yes, I see that on my left. Come on, church. Give God some praise for these hands that have been raised. We're going to baptize here in a moment, but I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say this with me. Say, Jesus. Today, I embrace you as my Savior, as my Lord, and God as my Father. I love you, Jesus, and I surrender wholeheartedly to you today in this place. In your name, amen, amen. Come on, stand to your feet, church, and give God some praise.